Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. Now I can preach it like this, okay? Repent! Or I can tell you, change your mind. Preaching repentance in the area of consciousness of sins is dishonoring the work of Jesus. Repentance means you realize you're guilty, that you deserve the wrath and punishment of God. You begin to realize that sin is in you, and you turn your back on it in every shape and form. You renounce the world, whatever the cost, and you deny yourself and take up the cross and go after Christ. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And away we sort of go. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Have you checked your email this morning? Incoming message. I think he wants to communicate. There is a message. I want to get online. I need a computer. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Freel. The mail is here. Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. <laughs> kind of slapping a band on our regular show open. Why? Because we're having to be roommates today at Wretched Radio. We are doing some construction big time moving in the studio, and I've been kicked out of my studio, so I have to be in here with the maskless Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> Dude, I went into a building yesterday. And they made you put on a mask. I was shocked. I think that we that we that Georgia for the most part is so maskless. Yeah. When I went into an organization that said you've got to put a mask on, I was like, "What?" Took you by surprise. It did take me by surprise. What is this March? I don't know. Twenty <laughs> twenty. <laughs> I don't know where you're at with your state, but right now Georgia is a maskless sort of place. The government not mandating masks, but hey. That's the Georgia government. Have you been to Canada lately? They seem to have a different take on the COVID business, and they are still willing to insist that churches are shut down. By the way, one more reason you might want to think about moving to the nation of Texas. The governor there just signed a piece of legislation that said the government cannot shut down churches, period. You can't it it can't be done. Abbott signs religious freedom law prohibiting government from closing places of worship stating, I just signed a law that prohibits any government agency or public official from issuing an order that closes places of worship. The First Amendment right to freedom of religion shall never be infringed. Well done, sir. Canada, not so much. And some pastors are saying, sorry, we can't conform to your standard because we have to meet. We have to worship. And one pastor in particular, well, actually, there have been several, but this pastor in particular was just arrested again. Arrested, church shut down for meeting during the COVID lockdown, and they decided to meet again outside. And he received a visit from the Canadian Mounties. Would you like to have your heart broken? Imagine a pastor standing in his driveway holding one of his small children with the other children gathered around him. Looked like about five kids, which means they probably homeschool. And the police were also there. And his wife was there. And they were going to arrest him and put him into a car and take him away for not obeying the lockdown rule. You might have to get used to hearing this. Oh, 
All right, that's enough of that. <sighs> Hearing it is horrible. Imagine living it. Be praying for our dear brothers and sisters. Canada, certainly aggressive regarding a lot of liberal issues, including, hey, guess what? It's not going to be Pride Month in Canada anymore. No, that's not good news. It's going to be Pride Quarter. They've got to dedicate one quarter of the year to a particular people group to celebrate them. No word about a celebration of anybody else, just LGBTQ. Congratulations, O Canada. Please send your emails to idea at wretched.org, idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, wait a second. I'm going to put you on the hot spot. I've got another government story. Texas, not Texas governor, uh, the Florida governor has just signed a piece of legislation to make sure that the kids have one moment of quiet time that they can take a moment of silence right. for meditation or for whatever, because they believe that it's really important for kids to do that. And the Texas or the Florida governor stating, hey, you can't succeed without God. Other people saying it's just important for kids to be able to have some quiet time. Here's what it is called. The bill is HB 529 requires teachers in first period classes in all grades to reserve at least one whole minute, but not more than two during which students may not interfere with other students' participation. The new law says teachers may not make suggestions for the moment of silence, encouraging parents and guardians. Can we call them parents and guardians still? To discuss with their kids the best use of this time. The word prayer is not used in the law, but it does allow prayer. Jimmy? Yes? Good legislation, bad legislation. Mm, good. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I am too. Because it's it's not trying to impose Christianity on people. Right. Because I don't want the government preaching Christianity. I'm sorry. I know there used to be a day, but I don't want them talking about our Savior, our religion, because you don't know what you're going to get. So if they keep this like, hey, do whatever you want to, keep your ums down, ring your bells you'll have to do that someplace else as long as they keep this really neutral then then swell and that includes mindfulness by the way let's hope <laughs> this doesn't turn into that please send your emails to idea at wretched.org so i take it you don't do yoga not much <laughs> well the first one is uh, it's from anonymous it's not a question it's an observation and uh, he says he attended a virtual promotion ceremony for his fifth grade daughter's promotion to middle school. Of course, all of the teachers and administrators were... Okay, can I, can I just stop? What? Look, it's cool that a kid graduates from fifth grade. We get a promotion celebration. So what can, is... What did what? You get a certificate. Okay. Okay. We went to sixth grade and then went to junior high for seven, eight, nine. Right. There was no celebration. There was no promotion. I didn't get a ribbon or a medal or a prize for graduating from fifth grade. Did you not get a certificate for a free ice cream? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Goodness, you got robbed. I'm telling me. <laughs> all right, so what happened at this climb? So he says the teachers uh, were all spouting the typical believe in yourself word salad. Uh, he says his daughters know better than to buy into the nonsense, but the thing that really got up his nose was when one teacher <laughs> thought it'd be prudent to remind the students that, quote, Smart is not something you are, it's something you get. I see. Says he nearly vomited, ending a sentence in a preposition and using all the words incorrectly. 
His wife had to calm him down by reminding him that his insistence upon appropriate use of grammar was just simply a manifestation of his toxic whiteness. I like his wife. I like him. And wow, can I relate? Have you ever been told by the missus, don't, 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 just calm down. Don't do it. Every day. (laughs) That place that was going to make me put a mask on. (laughs) Calm down. Just don't don't do it. Can I feel that? Did you hear the two worldviews represented in that email? There were two. Where does the idea of believe in yourself come from? And I believe it comes from romantic philosophy. The whole idea of self-centeredness is the is the ideal. Cast off your shackles. You be you. You do you. Believe in yourself. Dream it. You can achieve it. All of that is romantic. That is that is why when worldviews they're they're just everywhere. And they're these statements, these these bumper sticker philosophies are never neutral. They always have a worldview behind them. The second worldview, believe it or not, that you heard there was critical race theory. What? Critical race theory? That doesn't have anything to do with the kids being promoted. Wait a second. What did they say about being smart? It's not something that you are. It's something that you get. Well, yeah, you can get smarter. Nobody denies that. That's the whole point of, you know, going to school. But that's that's critical theory. Nobody is better than anybody else. It's also postmodernism, incidentally. But nobody's better. Nobody's smarter. Nobody's faster. That's why we give an award to, well, fifth graders for being promoted and everybody gets a ribbon for just participating in the race. That's that's also CRT that you can't say. That's why that's why I'm shocked. We still have valedictorians. By the way, speaking of valedictorians. Jimmy, let's see if we have agreement on this one. The number of valedictorians that are being shut down Mm. because they can't talk about Jesus during their speech. Does that bother you? No. Yeah, see, it doesn't bug me either. It's it's time and place. They know the rules. And that's that's what that's what the place is. Right. And we 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 want it neutral. I don't want mindfulness. I don't want Buddhism. And I don't want bad Christianity being propagated. So that that doesn't bother me. But this is actually CRT on display because you can't say that one culture is better than another. One nation is better than another. That one people group is better or worse than another. You can't do it. In other words, stereotypes have absolutely no basis in reality because we're all the same. That is just observably false. I know for a fact that I was not the one who was wrecking the curve. I was the one needing the curve. And I'm willing to say there are just some people smarter. Now, these days, the CRT worldview would say that's privilege. The Bible would say that's just a blessing from God. Send your emails to idea at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry, 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves 
$500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Question, are you tired of the same old boring TV shows? Well, there is something that's not like anything else on Christian TV. It's transformed and it's back for season number two. You get to be a fly on the wall as you witness real biblical counseling sessions, tackling issues like depression, anxiety, OCD, and others. These are real people with real issues being offered real solutions by our hosts, Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson. So if you're looking for something different, you know, a show that glorifies God and demonstrates the sufficiency of His Word, then Transform is for you. It's a -a one-of-a-kind production that provides the hope and relief that only the Bible can give. The world is full of hurting people, even Christians, and many are completely unaware of biblical counseling and the answers it can provide. So join us for Transform Season 2, the show that will transform your walk with Christ and leave a profound and lasting impact on your life. Get your hands on it now and also consider grabbing the Sunday School curriculum for your church. You can find it at transform.org or the Wretched Store at wretched.org. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the art and science of interpreting scripture. One key principle of hermeneutics is reading verses in context. Words can have multiple meanings, but the intended meaning of a word is understood from its context in the surrounding words, verses, paragraphs, and chapters, all understood in the context of the Bible as a whole. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Crowns, just busy earning crowns. This is Wretched Radio. No, not getting something put on my molars. Instead, I'm earning eternal rewards by... I don't want you to pity me. I'm just enduring this chair. How can you even call this a chair? This thing is, I'm, I'm sitting, this is, this is chair in your studio is as comfortable as those fancy schmancy and super expensive 10 speed bikes. (laughs) Have you not learned the, how to, how to handle guests? You make the guest chair uncomfortable so, so they that don't they stay leave <laughs> sooner. I see your modus operandi. Speaking of fancy, expensive bikes, yesterday, last night, <sighs> don't just, I'm not become a heretic. We went to Whole Foods. By the way, Whole Foods is Latin for disappointing. 
<laughs> it always looks so good. It just needs more salt and it needs more butter and put more gluten while you're <laughs> making that pizza, if you don't mind. Process and, that a little more. So we, we had a little bit of chicken salad, which was outrageously overpriced and the grapes were really soft inside of it. But more crowns for me. There were a bunch of guys sitting outside. In their in their spandex, sitting around the table with their with their fair those bikes are thousands of dollars. I mean, like they can yes. be fifteen thousand mm. dollars. And they're wearing cleats and they're like weekend bike warriors. And they were drinking beer. <laughs> they were done riding their bike, obviously. No, they were not. Ah. So they get back on their bikes, and I couldn't help but think to myself, wait a second, if we're supposed to be sharing the road and treating bicyclists like automobiles, shouldn't they have DUI problems too? RUI. Riding <laughs> under the influence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't do it. And send your emails to idea at wretched.org, and I'll just... I'll just lay hands on my own lower back. Go ahead, Jimmy. <laughs> right, this one's from Mary. She wants to know how she can respond to someone who says that Christianity has pagan origins. Oh, is that canard still in existence? You've heard it before. That Christianity's a rip-off religion. It's a knockoff. There are other gods like that, and there's other sons of God and virgin births and resurrections. It's all just hocus-pocus, a myth like others. That's nonsense. Jimmy, if you'd be so kind, because did I mention I'm not in my own studio earning crowns, but not in my own studio, so I can't push the button on Horace Steals Christmas. This is Mr. Lutheran Satire. It's <laughs> it's probably, well, Patrick maybe was another one of his greatest hits, but this is this is just pithily done. It's a Lutheran church, and the Christmas service is going on, when all of a sudden, out of the blue, Horace appears. Well, thanks to all of you for coming out to our service this morning, and I pray that the rest of this Christmas Day is wonderful for each and every one of you. Not so fast, preacher man. Behold, it is I, Horus, Egyptian god of the sun. And while you all believe that you've been celebrating the birth of your Lord Jesus, you've really been celebrating the birth of me. For you see, thousands of years before your Jesus came around, I, Horus, was born on December 25th. I, Horus, was born of a virgin. I, Horus, was <laughs> baptized by a man called Arnold the Baptizer, was crucified and was resurrected three days later. So you see, your Jesus is nothing more than plagiarized poppycock, and I, Horus, have come to feast upon the sorrow of you foolish Christians. Yeah, none of the stuff you just said is true. Yes, it is. No, there's no reference in Egyptian mythology to Horus being crucified or resurrected three days later. There's no documentation anywhere for the existence of a figure named Anup the Baptizer. Horus's mother was not a virgin woman, but the goddess Isis. And there is no specific date anywhere tied to the birth of Horus. I'm pretty sure there is. Actually, no. All of these claims and many others indicating that early Christians yoinked the mythology of Horus and stuck it on top of Jesus were all completely made up by Gerald Massey, a 19th century cuckoo banana bird self-taught Egyptologist who never provided the slightest shred of evidence for any of these claims and who was laughed out of the room by every serious Egyptologist on the planet. So thank you very much for your attempt to ruin our celebration of Christ's birth, but I'm afraid we're all still having a very Merry Christmas. Christmas, Horace. Horace? Did I say my name was Horace? 
No, no, no. What I meant to say was, behold, it is I, Mithras, Roman cultic god of the something something. And why you all believe that you've been celebrating the birth of Jesus, you've really been celebrating the birth of me. For you see, I, Mithras, was born of a virgin. I, Mithras, had twelve disciples. And I, Mithras, gave those disciples a meal consisting of my body and my blood. Sound familiar, Christian dummies? Actually, Mithras was born from a rock, not of a virgin. He had two companions, not twelve disciples, and the Mithraic meal was one he shared with the sun god where they feasted not on his own flesh, but on the flesh of a bull. But even if those claims were true, Christians were already confessing the virgin birth, recognizing the twelve apostles, and celebrating the Lord's Supper before they ever encountered any Mithraic cults. So I'm afraid that you've taken neither the holly nor the jolly out of our Christmas Mithras. Tan, Tan, you gotta wake up. I'm uh, sorry. I'm just, I'm just that it's, it's a tiresome objection to Christianity. It is just not historically factual, and this brilliant Lutheran satire bit just dismantles it tidily. I think there's an, isn't there another clip there, Jimmy? Part two. Here it is from Lutheran satire. Oh, you must have misheard me. I, I'm not Mithras. I'm a Quetzalcoatl, Aztec god of the wind. And Valuol thinks that you've been... No Christian on the face of the planet ever heard of Quetzalcoatl until the 16th century. Well, then I'm Balder, Norse god of the... There were 193 popes before Balder's mythology was actually written down. Then I'm Horus, Egyptian god of the sun. You already did that one. All right, fine. I didn't want to completely humiliate you, but you've left me no choice. I shall now unveil myself to be the ancient deity whose mythology was inarguably stolen by early Christians. Behold, I am... Be an ancient Mesopotamian god of judgment. Six thousand years before your Jesus spoke of returning to condemn the lost and resurrect the faithful, my father was proclaimed that I would return to destroy my enemies and raise the dead. So silence your joyful voices, Christians. Your Lord is nothing but a cheap carbon copy of me, the destructor who goes by many names. I am Volguis Zildroha. I am Lord of the Zebulia. I am Gozer the Gozerian. Gozer the Gozerian is from Ghostbusters. Dang it, why do so many people still know that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. If all the things that Gerald Massey said about me were complete fabrications, with no textual evidence whatsoever, why do atheists like Bill Maher reference these claims as if they were true? Well, Horace, I suppose it is strange that people who insist that they won't believe anything without verifiable evidence are more than willing to believe anything without verifiable evidence as long as that thing can be used to mock the gospel. But we shouldn't be surprised when people reject proof of Christ's resurrection in favor of demonstrable lies that let them remain in unbelief. After all, Jesus did say, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. I said that before Jesus did. Oh, you absolutely did not. <laughs> Thank you, Lutheran Satire, for doing the heavy lifting. Send your emails to idea at wretched.org. All right. How long should our quiet time be, Todd? Oh, I've got this one. Do you? Oh, oh, nailed this. This is definitive. This, this is this is X really uncomfortable cathedra speaking right now from a really hard chair. 
Pope's chair is comfortable more than this chair. At any rate, here it is right now. If you want to know how much time you should be spending with your Lord, with your Bible open, praying, here it is. As long as you want to. There you have it right there. Hey, that isn't easy to figure out, is it? Exactly. The brilliance of God, not laying down rules. This is a heart issue. And it's really a means of grace for us in that it grows us. Why? Because this is now a relational decision. This isn't just, okay, Here, what, how much time? I'll put in my time. I'll do my 15 minutes or whatever. I, I, I'll do that. And on the day I fall short, well, then I'll make it 22 the next time. I can do that. That's not what God is after. It's like giving. God tells you to give what you want. Sorry, I don't think it's 10%. Remember, Old Testament tithes were 23 and a third percent anyway. Tithes were never just 10%. And I don't think God is after a tithe in the New Testament. He's after our hearts. What do we want to give? How much time do you want to spend with him? Now, if you'd like to know how to spend more time with him, here it comes. Spend more time with him. If you would like to grow in the amount of time you focus on his word, perhaps praying, then spend more time focusing on his word and praying, and you will want to spend more time focusing on his word and praying. And as long as I brought up the subject of prayer, if you have not received your copy of Face to Face yet, I encourage you to get one at wretched.org. It is a prayer book that is actually praying the word of God. So you, you actually hear the word of God while you're praying God's words back to him, and then it gives you time to pause and ponder the very words that you just spoke to God. It's brilliant, it's helpful, and it will help you to have a rich and robust quiet time, whatever amount that is. Available at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. And now it's time for your Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. First, we go to Iowa, where Republican Governor Kim Reynolds has taken a stand for common sense by citing two new bills into law. The first requires public schools to maintain separate restrooms, locker rooms, and other facilities based on a student's biological sex. The second bill prohibits doctors from prescribing puberty blockers or hormone therapy to children under the age of 18 or performing surgeries on minors opposite of their biological sex. And I'm sure there are plenty of detractors out there that are now upset that kids are being protected in Iowa. Well, 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 there's more news now from Stanford Law where Dean Jenny Martinez has doubled down on her apology to Judge Kyle Duncan, who was recently invited to speak. You remember us talking about that here. He was invited to speak at the university and then shouted down by liberal students. Martinez made it very clear that the First Amendment does not mean shouting down opposing views until they can be heard. She obviously doesn't understand the world today, does she? Free speech is only free if your voice is louder than everybody else's. And GLAAD recently released his annual report on LGBTQ representation on TV. And it says what we already knew. We're seeing more and more LGBTQ characters on television. And have you noticed how unnaturally forced it is? It's like back in the 90s. You remember when they started allowing more cursing on network TV? <laughs> and the shows just started forcing it just because they could, whether it made sense or not. Yeah, that's what's happening here, too. 
And in Wyoming, the state recently passed the Human Rights Act, which recognizes unborn babies' right to life starting from conception. But it looks like the pro-abortion activists out there just couldn't handle the news because they've taken the state to court to try to block the law. Talk about being sore losers. And in Colorado, lawmakers are taking a name at anti-abortion pregnancy centers. They're accusing them of engaging in, quote, deceptive practices. Apparently, they're upset that the pregnancy centers provide counseling and support to pregnant women rather than murdering their unborn babies. Yeah, I mean, they're right. Those life-saving centers of moral and ethical values, they've just got to be stopped. Stopped, I tell you. But in New York, that is actually being taken care of by Claudia Tenney, a representative who has proposed the Pregnancy Resource Center Defense Act, which is a bill that would make sure pro-life pregnancy centers and places of worship are actually protected from activists who want to do them harm. And really, honestly, let's be serious for a moment. That is actually a good thing because extremist groups have been attacking and vandalizing these centers for quite a while now. And it's just like people can't handle the idea of life being protected at all stages. And that's been your Wretched News Break. We've got more Wretched Radio straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. 2 Corinthians is Paul's second letter to the Corinthian church, written about one year later. Since Paul had last written, some false apostles had snuck in and began to question Paul's authority. There are many who claim authority in the church, but those called by Christ will bear the marks of Christ, which are humility and reliance upon Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's a new day in America. This is Wretched Radio. Don't you worry about the past. You'll never bump into it. You'll never be exposed to it. It'll never be taught to you, and you'll certainly never see a statue of an historic figure. Why? Because the current mindset of American culture is we're brilliant. Everybody who came before us is horrible, and we don't want you to remember anything they did that was good. That effort is being revealed again. The former president can't say his name. Otherwise, I think he could put on a terrorist list. He wanted a garden of statues, of historical figures, you know, really controversial ones like Harriet Tubman <laughs> and Billy Graham, you know, ooh. And the current president just killed it with fire. No statues. So don't worry. You won't have to worry about visiting those when you take trips anymore as a family. There will be no more history in America. Please send your emails to idea at wretched. Org. All right, from Marley, she writes in and says, So I am a born-again Christian, but I consider myself not to be a good person, just because the Bible says in Matthew 19, there is none good but one, that is God. I try to live my life devoted to the Lord and turn from my sinful flesh and iniquity, and yet I do not consider myself to be a good person. Am I taking anything out of context, or am I misinterpreting something? You're maybe misinterpreting Latin. If you can remember four Latin words, I know it's Latin, but they're very, very helpful. Simul, justus, et peccator. You can hear the words simul, that's simultaneously, justus, just or justified, et and peccator. It's okay, that doesn't sound like sin, but that's what it is. You're simultaneously justified while sinning and yet sinning. 
That's the Christian life on this side of the veil. When you're glorified, no more sinning. Until then, you are positionally sanctified and not yet totally sanctified. Practically, you are therefore not glorified yet, which means our flesh keeps desiring to sin. Please remember, you do not have an old nature. You have an unglorified flesh, which means it still has stuff in it that desires for you to sin. And sometimes you give in to it. That's the battle of sanctification. And if you remember those four Latin words, you won't fall into a ditch of either lawlessness or uh, being being licentious as as a part of that or becoming a legalist. You won't because you remember, okay, there's a distinct difference between two words, justification and sanctification. You're justified totally, fully, completely, past, present, future. You, you didn't choose it. You can't lose it. You can just tweet that if you want to. But you are not yet sanctified. That is a process. Do not confuse justification and sanctification. In other words, remember your Latin, simul justus et peccator. And please send your emails to idea at wretched. Org. All right, from Hudson, he wants to know what Christians should think about fantasy and magic in media. Should it be something that Christians have liberty to consume? Okay, I recognize there could be some holes in this ship, but I'm going to set it to sail anyway. Let's just change magic with something else. Now, I, I, I know you're going to poke a hole in this really fast, but just let me give it a go and I'll try to patch that hole that you created by shooting a cannonball through it in response to my analogy. Let's replace magic, which we, I think, agree. The Bible forbids Deuteronomy 18, magic, witchcraft, sorcery, divination. There's not good magic, bad magic. It's all bad, and God hates it. He hates it. It's one of the reasons the Jews were dispersed. Got the picture? He really hates it. Are there other sins that God hates? Yes. Adultery. Rape. Let's use one of those in lieu of magic. Is it okay to watch shows that has rape going on? That shows adultery? You'd go, no, no. Wouldn't that apply to magic and arts and divination and sorcery? If God hates those things, we rightly recognize we can't be watching that. It's, it's watching sin. It's a promotion of sin. Even if it's painted in a bad way, your eyes just shouldn't go on those things. And, 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 and we realize that. What's the difference between rape, adultery, and, and, and magic? God abhors both of them. Now, here comes your cannonball. Well, do you ever watch like a murder mystery? I get it. Do you ever see a movie where somebody lies? Yeah. And I, I, I have to confess to you, I have the answer to you of, of, of a Texas congressman who was vying to make sure that girls couldn't wear short shorts, which I think would be. A really good idea. Pop, you should be enforcing that law. And he was asked, the, well, how short should they be? And his answer was, you know it when you see it. Okay, there's just a difference. There's just a, sorry, there's just a difference. I don't actually think it is healthy for a Christian 
to watch murder and and you shouldn't be watching it and just kind of consuming it like blase <laughs> but that's tends maybe that's the distinction right there we tend to watch the harry potter the whatever it is it's just entertainment you wouldn't say that about a murder show it's just entertainment no it's not it's a morality tale it's teaching something about murder it's showing that people who do murder get punished and when it but when it comes to magic, we just kind of consume it like it's just no big deal. And I think it is. And even if you're not buying my illustration, could we at least elevate our understanding of how much God hates it? You and I have certain sins that are like, whoa, 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 horrible bestiality, pedophilia, oh, raping a child. You just ah, that's how God feels about magic. Are we sure we can justify consuming it, especially uncritically? Please send your emails disagreeing with me on that to idea at wretched.org. <laughs> and from John, he says... That was quick. Well, I mean, it was about something else. Yeah, you want my opinion? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Come on. No, I, I can completely agree with what you're saying. Uh, it's... Help me with my illustration, though, because and, and, look, my, my heart could be wrong on the watching a murder mystery because there's something like currently I would go, well, I think it's okay. It depends on what it is. Now, if it's gruesome, I just don't think we should be watching the dismembering of an image bear. But right. when you find out, you know, somebody died and now the detective is going to figure it out. Right. If you follow a timeline, like a dateline or something like that, that uh, doesn't actually show the murder happening, maybe it's something it, it's okay. But that's okay. So you're, you're, they're just showing the magic. They're okay. They don't show the magic. They just talk about the magic a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's something I I, I, I can't exactly put my finger on it, but it's yeah. there. You just know it when you see it. What's John up to? John says, "Is it wrong to hear of de- a detestable, sinful behavior?" And yet find comfort in knowing that God will give them justice, the justice they deserve. Yeah, that's both. It's, it's absolutely both. It is not easy. It truly isn't. We tend to have an emotion at a time. We're really called to have both. And please let this be a reminder that we don't get annoyed with other Christians who don't respond at the same time with the same emotion that you do. So you hear about something abhorrent. One Christian goes, ah. Oh, that is such an assault on King Jesus. The other person goes, oh, the depravity of man. <sighs> that people do such wicked things. And that person who is clearly not a Christian is going to be spending eternity in hell. Okay, which emotion is right? Both. We got to have both of them. We've, we must have righteous indignation when God is assaulted. Not when we're offended. When God is assaulted, we should have righteous indignation. And yet I think at the same time, simul justus et sympathy, uh, that, that we, we, we at the same time, we want justice. We don't like God's justice being offended. But uh, the wickedness of man, the depravity of humanity, the eternity of those who don't trust in Jesus Christ. You've got to have both of those things and they don't need to happen at the same time. And there could be events where you don't even express both of those simultaneously or even at the same time. That's okay. Let's not become feeling legalists, but let's be mindful. It should be both. I think there's I think there's a complexity of responses to tragic events. And I've seen people actually fight with each other because, wait, you should be acting like I'm acting. You should be responding the way that I am. And, well, they don't. And it's okay. 
It seems that we are willing to separate and get annoyed with one another on just about anything. And it's in a moment like that when love should overlook a multitude of it's not even a sin in this instance. But we just don't we just don't get offended by we don't get annoyed by because the panoply of emotions is wide. It's varied. And not one of them alone is right at this time for all people in all places. We can disagree on how we respond emotionally. Please send your emails to idea at wretched.org, idea at wretched.org. And, and Jimmy, I've got to di- say, yes. salute. Everybody's including their name. I know. They, they heard that it annoyed me. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Send your emails to idea at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. Then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor. Wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Hey, thanks for joining us here on Ratchet Radio today. Yeah, you, I'm talking to you. I know you care about making a difference in the world. And you know what? You already have. Your generosity has helped us to bring the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to millions of people all over the world. But here's the thing. We need your help to continue standing firm and reaching even more people. We would love for you to prayerfully consider joining us as a monthly ongoing Wretched Gospel partner. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to plead or anything like that and make this real uncomfortable. But what I am going to do is remind you that Philippians 4.1 tells us to stand firm in the Lord. And that's exactly what we're doing at Ratchet. We're standing firm in the Lord by sharing his love with the world. And we want you to stand with us. So what do you say? You want to join us in this mission? I promise you, it will be worth it. And who knows? You might even get a crown or two out of it. Thank you for considering becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner. You can find out more at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe. But now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Attributes of God. 
Can God make a rock so big he cannot lift it? God is all-powerful. He created the universe and everything in it, and nothing can thwart his will. So the question of the rock is nonsensical. It does not expose a problem with God, but with the thinking of the one asking the question, and they will one day have to answer to the omnipotent God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, this is as good a time as any. This is nice high bar, Friel. This is Wretched Radio. There are issues that different Christians have different emotional takes on. Different Christians at different stages and phases will have a different response or see something and want to focus on an aspect of it at different times. And all too often, it causes us to get annoyed with one another. And I happen to have in my never-before-nicotine-stained fingers a quote that I've been wanting to use. This was actually sent in to idea at wretched.org from Nate. Thank you for this, Nate. This happens to be a quote from George Whitfield in a message that uh, I think we want to be careful. There are times for sharp-cut distinctives. We need more of those, frankly. There are times when division is mandated, not necessary, mandated. But there are many times in our Christian walk where we just need to be seeing each other as brothers and sisters and overlooking some stuff. This George Whitfield quote might help. The love that I bear you, he's writing to somebody with whom he has a disagreement. The love that I bear you. Hmm. The love that I bear you. So when you see somebody who's a Christian say, write something on an issue and you disagree with it, we do need to start here. That you love that person. The Southern Baptist Convention just took place. No doubt, everybody left it going, I didn't like that part. But I love those people. Because we're in fellowship together. Back to Whitfield. The love that I bear you constrains me to send you a line. It is some concern to me that our difference as to outward things should cut off our sweet fellowship. God knows my heart. I highly value and honor you. I applaud your zeal for God. And though, in some respects, I think it is not according to knowledge and to be leveled frequently against me. Yet indeed, I feel no resentment in my heart and should joyfully sit down and hear you and your brothers preach. Oh, when shall the time be, our Lord and our God, your younger brother brother and servant in the gospel of Christ, George Whitfield. Please send emails like that or an email with a question, comment, conundrum, or snark to idea at wretched. Joshua wants to know if God gets upset with us. He says in the Old Testament, it looks like he gets very upset and mad when people (laughs) sin. So does he still get that upset with us? Got to be super careful on this. The word upset. What does that mean? Hey, parents are upset. Uh, The kid's upset he didn't get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Okay, so what, what exact what is the range here that we're talking about? Let's just say this. We can say this definitively and I think pretty easily. God is grieved when we sin. God is grieved. Now, we need to take a look at another theological truth, and that is you cannot be any more underneath the wrath of God. You're not. Jesus assuaged the wrath of God. He bought you. You are in Christ. You are perfectly loved. You can't be loved any less on any given day, no matter what you do, if you are in Christ. Having said that, 
does it mean that he doesn't in some sense that's maybe a shading of being grieved be like uh, I'm, I'm positionally you're safe so you're no longer under the wrath of god but could you do something that actually makes him perturbed i think we got to be really careful with that i i, I think that I could I could see both sides of the argument saying, well, yeah, he can, because as you rightly stated in the Old Testament, he did get annoyed with his chosen people. Really? In fact, one generation he hated Zoinks. So we see that on the other hand, because you're positionally in Christ and God's affection toward you never changes. I could see somebody saying, well, the no, he can't be upset with anybody. I, I guess as I sit here in this extremely uncomfortable, backbreaking chair that Jimmy provided for me, but I love you, Jimmy. Thank you. Yeah, because sweet fellowship and <laughs> all, all that. As I sit here, I, I think it can be shadings of both that God loves you totally, completely, and yet your sin, we know for sure it grieves him. But I think if we wanted to push that a little bit, you could also say that it does perhaps make him like angry it could be just its sin itself but i don't think that we can go as far to say that god is now angry at you because he's not not angry at you anymore very very fine lines always need to be careful if you think i needed a correction please send it to idea at wretched.org jake wants to know if you know where uh, satan got his original idea to rebel against god nope Send your emails to idea. I don't know. He was a vain one. He was a beautiful angel. And he apparently had mirrors then in heaven that he was looking at and going, I dig me some me. I think I should be God. Hey, anybody else agree? Let's join forces. A third of the angels rebelled against God and they were booted out of heaven. And by the way, they are never going there. They will forever be bound in hell with those who don't repent and put their trust in Jesus Christ because angels don't have a savior. Only human beings do with the God man, Jesus Christ. Where did he come up with the idea? Don't know. Is it possible? This is the one that I think many of us wrestle with. Is it possible that someday we could be in heaven and act like Satan and sin. No, no, you can't because you are eternally secure. You can't because God is going to keep you. He is going to glorify you. He's going to rightly understood perfect you. You will not be sinning in heaven the way that Satan did. Please send your emails to idea at wretched.org. Hey, you know, instead of asking you another question, what I'd like to do? No. I love preborn. Oh, stop it. <laughs> what? Just, I'll get to it. <laughs> Trust me. Go ahead. Just, you what? You just, you. Okay. I'm a radio professional, okay. mister. <laughs> All right. Here's Come on. A, here's a follow-up to a question we had last week about Christian modesty. Uh, modesty. Andrea wants to know if Christians should. I, I've so got this. Christian Go men should take their shirts off at the beach. Uh-huh. Uh, see, here's here's the problem with that. You do that, somebody ends up getting pregnant, and then they <laughs> consider terminating the life of their child. So they, you need to be supporting preborn. Look at that. See, that was a piece of cake right there. <laughs> you actually should consider supporting preborn. Not kidding. Why? Because babies are being saved every day, and so are mommies. They preach the gospel to mommies and daddies. Don't forget, they also will take care of prenatal and postnatal. 
This isn't just a don't get an abortion, be on your way. No, they love on them. They preach the gospel. They'll help them, even train them to be parents. It's an outstanding ministry. You could support an ultrasound that 80% of the time saves a human being's life for $28. Please visit preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched, and don't go to the beach. What do we do with that issue? Regarding modesty and going to the beach, let's back up just a moment here. Let me take you back in history, even a century. Perhaps you've seen these pictures. It was, I believe it was called a bathing cart. And it wasn't just royalty. It was women who would put on their bathing togs covered from head to toe. You've seen those pictures. That, that, it's the way olive oil wore a bathing suit. That was the standard. But they went even further 100 years ago, give or take. They would have a woman in a cart backing up the cart into the water so that she could step right out of the cart, the privacy of the cart, into the water. That is how discreet they tried to be. Do you remember when showing ankles? Oh, how can you? And anything, anything that revealed anything pretty much, but you know, face and fingers, that was considered sexy. Okay. Who's got it right here? Men's bathing suits used to include shirts. Now they don't. And I think that it is worth taking a look at this because we need to remember without having any chronological snobbery, those people weren't idiots. They weren't dumb. We breathe our cultural air and our current cultural air is that you well, certainly men can take off their shirts and sometimes women can too. And that 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 push for immodesty and topless beaches that continues. Of course, there's nudist colonies. But overall, I think even Christians are accepting of males just wearing bathing suits. And that's the end of the story. What wasn't the attitude a hundred or so years ago? Were they dumb? Were they too puritanical? Or were they concerned about the lust of the eyes? I know. That, that even to suggest that maybe just maybe we, we consider this issue sounds Neanderthalic to you, a throwback to a former era. But, but let's, not, let's not make the mistake that so many people are making these days of tearing down statues. We've got evangelicals who came before us who were filled by the Holy Spirit who would say modesty is a big deal because immodesty means we don't care about sin and the fall and hell and redemption in Jesus Christ. It's a big deal. Who should decide what everybody wears? Well, the truth of the matter is I should. Okay, that's not the truth of the matter. The individual should. God leaves this up to a conscience issue, and we need to let one another sharpen one another. And besides that, I can just tell you, I will bless you by never appearing in a bathing suit. That is my gift to you because small children would be frightened. You wouldn't eat your next meal. I would bless you by not putting on a bathing suit. You need to figure that out and make that decision for you and your own families. I got enough to deal with with mine. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.